1: I want to share with you this morning Paul's word to the Colossians, the third chapter. And he says this in verse 23 and 24. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. For over a hundred years, we know that people in the United States have celebrated Labor Day on the first Monday of September. And it began as a concession of the government... By its poor and violent handling of the Pullman Railroad strike back in 1894. And that day had developed into a day of strength for the unions and the right to work for a fair wage. And now we know it's evolved into a a three day weekend, when marks the unofficial end of summer at least. And though Labor Day is not officially on the church calendar, This weekend is a good time for us to reflect on our understanding of work and the part that it plays in the lives of Christians. Sometimes you might be stopped behind a vehicle that has a bumper sticker or a, a license plate cover like this that says, I'm in no hurry, I'm going to work. Have you ever felt that way? Surveys indicate that that's how most people feel about their job. Experts say that 7 out of 10 Americans are dissatisfied with their job and dread going to work. Someone had once asked a man, how long does it take you to get to work in the morning? And he says, well, usually I get to work about a half hour after I clock in. You know, Our view of work varies so much. Many see it as a necessary evil. They they think it's a result of what happened in that curse to Adam and Eve. You know, you're going to sweat when you work. Well, others see it as a means to an end. They figure, well, we need to eat, and so we need to work. And there are a minority that actually enjoy their work, they say. And even fewer see their work as a way through which they serve God. Let's take a look at the text for... This morning's sermon and paul says whatever you do work at it with all your heart now with all your heart isn't that the way that we're supposed to worship god remember he says love the lord your god with all your heart and all your soul and strength and mind isn't that the language of worship Are we supposed to serve our bosses and customers and others with the same intensity and devotion in which we serve God? And then he says, as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Paul writes as if God is the one that we're actually working for. As if God is our boss or our customer. Well, it turns out that God is. That's exactly what Paul is saying here. God is the boss and the beneficiary of our work that we do. No matter what we do, in the end, we work for God. And just to be sure that we don't miss that point, Paul goes on to say in verse 24, It is the Lord Christ you are serving. It's even true for those who are bosses themselves. No matter what we do for work, or for how many people we have under us or over us, ultimately, we work for God. And when you come to realize that you work for God, it changes everything. There was a television show that lasted for nine seasons, and it ended in 2013, called The Office. And it gives you a glimpse into the cubicles and the minds of about a dozen or so employees of Dunder Mifflin a fictitious paper company that's supposedly located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And there's a particular reason why this office is so dysfunctional. There's a reason why the employees are so demotivated. There's a reason for the inter-office squabbling that's going on and the jockeying for positions and titles and the awkward and humiliating moments also. And the reason is Michael, the boss, He's awful, he's incompetent, he's indecisive, he makes promises he can't keep, he hides in his office whenever things are going poorly, he calls women, sir, and he demeans his employees, and he himself got a coffee mug that says, world's best boss. It's hard to watch that show without perhaps wanting to strangle him at times, or perhaps you want to leave your room screaming. In the office, it's the way it is because of the boss. Now, we all have bosses that we could tell, I'm sure, that there are stories. A boss can make a lousy job very satisfying. A bad boss can make a good job miserable. And when you have a boss that you respect and trust and you appreciate, you'll do just about anything that that boss will ask of you. And you'll do it to the best of your ability. It's important to realize that no matter what you do, no matter where you do it, and no matter who you do it with or for, ultimately, you work for God. And when you understand that, your daily work becomes an act of worship. It's no accident that Paul uses the language of worship in regard to our work. In this chapter, he uses phrases like, with reverence for the Lord. And with all your heart. In fact, if you follow Paul's train of thought backwards to the paragraph prior to our text, you realize that this daily teaching on work and relationships, it flows out of a passage that is on worship. Paul says earlier, let the message of Christ dwell richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. There's that phrase again. Whatever you do, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Worship isn't just something we do on Sunday. We do it on Monday and Tuesday and the other days of the week. Worship isn't just something we do in a sanctuary It's what we do as we live out our lives in office suites and factories and perhaps classrooms and studios and military bases, even in our own kitchens. God is honored when we sing with all of our hearts. And God is also honored when we work with serving him with all of our hearts. Whatever your daily work is, you have an opportunity to turn that into an act of worship. By doing it for God. There are people who labor here in this community. And we were given a great opportunity to labor many thousand miles away from here. As our team went up to Alaska. And as we went there, you can't mistake the beauty of God's creation. It's the first thing that hits you. And you see it basically any time you arrive, day or night, because it's always day. But It's awesome. And with all of that, even going through a mountain, the Whittier Tunnel, driving through this whole mountain on a one-lane road that's also a railroad track, pretty interesting stuff. It takes about 15 minutes to get through that whole mountain. But along with that, we ended up in a place called Trapper Creek, about two hours from Denali, just south of there. And the Alaska Mission for Christ has been doing the VBSs at St. Philip Catholic Church, they allow us to use their building. And pretty much they got out and put away the things that they have. And we have an empty room with some chairs and tables. And we work with that. And uh, as you can see, it's a very beautiful church built into a hill there. That is a church. And uh, that's where we were. And with that, you have one big room, basically. There's a kitchen, a couple bathrooms, and a storage room and a little office. And that's your church. It'd be pretty tough for us to do the ministries we have here in a place like that. But for them, that's what works. And it's a small town. A lot of people don't have running water. There's basically three buildings that uh, you can go to in the area. A gas station, a trading post, and the post office. So that's where we advertise on the doors. And uh, that's where people will go. So that's how the word gets out in a place like that. You don't text or email them a bunch of information. And as we were there, we were given the opportunity to be the first uh, VBS team ever to utilize a bus to get the kids there. Without that bus, we may have had four or five kids, is what they had said. We had 18 students that were able to come as a result of that. And the kids just loved it. They knew the bus driver. She's the bus driver for the public school system that they're a part of. And so uh, she knew where everybody lived, and she went and got them. And as we were there, we had a special theme being right next to the Talkeetna River, or Sestina River, those places there. It was a rolling river rampage, and river rafting is a, a big thing there. And so, obviously, our theme reflected that. And the daily themes of finding peace and acceptance and adventure and joy and rest That was what we wanted to convey to those children. And as we did that, we had a a friend, Romper. He was a a real big help. Our puppet, uh, that uh, Lori Klaus, uh, is behind that wall. Uh, So each day I got to share uh, talks with our friend, who was also a helpful guide for me because I was new to the whole business up there. And as we did that, a lot of exciting things for kids, singing songs. And along with the video and with our teens leading, and even a grandpa who came, who was a foster parent, he even helped uh, some of the singing there too. And we got the kids to come up, and we got to sit down and watch them do the leading. And then story time. That was the most important part because that's where the message got out to them. And hopefully that would be what they would really take home with them. And so that was led by our teens, And as they shared God's word, some good questions came up and things were happening. One of the child's father had passed away and we learned a lot of things and we were able to also pray for those as well. And you can't have VBS without going outside and having fun. Now this is a rare treat for the kids, not the parachute, but green grass. They all don't have that in their homes so just to be able to go out even barefoot and you know run around on the grass was really a cool thing, and so we got to enjoy all the, the days with that with some great weather and snacks got to have snacks after you've been playing around, right and so uh, we had different themes. one was with Zacchaeus and that account with Jesus, and the, the treat there you've got grapes and pretzels, and uh, Zacchaeus up in the tree, the red thing, gummy bear, yeah. And then, finally, the craft time. Things that they could take home and to share with their families and perhaps friends. One of the things we have here, too, is uh, making bracelets, little rope string ones that had beads on there and telling the story of Jesus and of our salvation in him. And at the end, we didn't stop there. After a closing assembly, you had to eat lunch. And uh, we served lunch for the children, too. And uh, that was a very enjoying time of doing that. And yes, that is me with three plates with only two hands. It was good stuff. But the greatest joy we had was the children and seeing them. And for them to come back each day, we had more children coming. And it was a real excitement that was going on at all ages that were there. Now, besides the VBS, we had a, another connection. This started two years ago. And uh, it was a hotel that had been closed 16 miles off the highway, off the Parks Highway. And uh, this little village thing, it's called the Alaska Dream Center. It's now become a, a woman's shelter. It helps uh, women get back into society, especially like from addictions or other things like that. So it's all women who live in that big building. And uh, we did work there a couple years ago. There's a deck here off the back, beautiful deck. Uh, We tore the old one down. And uh, so uh, people came in after us, and they were able to do the building of it. Other things that involved wood was ten picnic tables that we were working on two years ago. And that's one of them. It's still standing real strong today. As you see, grass cutting is not a big thing in Alaska, but it's good there anyway. We did a lot of staining and painting of things, and as a result, able to take care of things that were created, the chair and this beautiful coffee shop that the women can use and just relax at times. Upstairs, there is a uh, second floor, and when we were there, we ended up laying flooring, and this is tree trunks that were slit the long way up and down, and uh, putting adhesive there and setting that in place we come back two years later, and that's it. It's a beautiful work that got stained and stones put in the places between. And they're able to utilize that uh, area very well. So it's, sometimes it's good to see the fruits of our labors of love that we have for Christ. While we were there, we stayed at an uh, area Lutheran church. And uh, at this particular church there, it's pretty much uh, it's a little bit bigger. They have two floors. They have a fellowship hall downstairs. But when you have a church like that and you've got all those pews, well, what you do is you move the pews all aside to the wall and you put sleeping bags and air mattresses down, and that becomes our luxury hotel. We don't stay at five-star places or anything like that. The churches and other places that people provide, that is our lodging. We had not only us who were there, But uh, we had some other, those who were staying with us, namely mosquitoes. Yeah, there were a lot of them. They outnumbered us easily. But the joy of seeing everyone working together and and being a team in Christ, that is what makes those trips so fruitful and, and joyful to go to. And to know that we're not sharing just ourselves, but we're sharing Christ with them. We did that work. We prayed about it before we went there and during that time and after. So those two things are the most of our priorities. The Benedictines some years ago, they said this phrase, work and pray, that's what you need to do. And St. Augustine, he said, work like everything depends on you. And pray like everything depends on God. These two sayings, they really reflect a new and different understanding of work and spirituality. And work is not only just a gift from God that we have, but it is also a way that we serve God. And our work is a way that we worship our God. Think about these things and figure out which one is more holy to you. Teaching a child long division or singing a hymn? How about nurturing a relationship over a cup of coffee or listening to a divinely inspired sermon how about meeting our job expectations to the best of our ability or teaching sunday school or finally what about taking pride in a job well done or celebrating the lord's supper which of those are the holier ones in each category Well, we've been taught to separate the holy from the routine day-to-day things in our lives. But when the cross of Jesus Christ and that new relationship in Christ that it provides, when that becomes real for people, we know that also Jesus saved us from all of our sin because he loved us. When we know all that, all things become holy. There is no difference. In closing, let me share with you Paul's closing words of 1 Corinthians 15. When he says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Sort of like those words that we heard in our second reading from Paul's letter. He says, Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Remember that your labor is in the Lord. God had a plan. God had a timetable. And God has a purpose. And that is, it's his work. It's not ours. It's all in the Lord. There was a man, while he was visiting in Italy, he went to a cathedral that had been completed on the outside only. And once inside, this traveler, he got in and he saw an artist kneeling before an enormous wall upon which... He had begun to create a mosaic. And on some tables nearby were thousands of pieces of these colored ceramic tiles. And the visitor was curious. And he asked the artist, how could he ever finish such a large project? And the artist answered that he knew how much he could accomplish in one day. Well, each morning he'd mark off an area that was to be worked on, And he didn't worry about what remained outside of that marked area. That was the best that he could do. And if he faithfully did his best, well, one day that mosaic would be completed. We are all part of a great mosaic of God's work, of what he puts together. And each one of us has a small area in which we work, and we always can't see the big picture, when we're doing that. The big picture is that this is God's love. That's what we're doing. And how he chooses to show it to us, well, that's up for him to decide, not us. And we just trust that our contributions to him, to his mosaic, that those contributions are not in vain. We've got much to be thankful for on this Labor Day weekend and also every day, God has richly blessed us and God has given us work through which we serve God and we bear witness to God's love and presence in our lives. God loves us and he invites us to share that love with others as we work and we serve him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do that for him and to his glory alone. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all of our understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, who is our Lord and Savior.
0: Amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.